Good morning. Let's go ahead and take our seats. We'll get ready to start our our service this morning. Brother John's jumping in there, filling in for Sandra Jo as she moseys on up. This morning is back to school Sunday. We kind of recognize the boys and girls. We've got backpacks for them. But in that, we also recognize our Sunday school teachers throughout the building, junior church, primary church, all of that. So in a little bit, all the junior church and primary church boys and girls are going to come up with their teachers and they're just going to find a place to sit uh, because we're going to recognize their teachers this morning. I'm going to turn it right over to Brother John. Uh, all stand and together we're going to lift up our voices as we sing. Brethren, we have met to worship. Thankful that you came to the Lord's house and worship together. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. other too. Let us love and pray for sinners till our God makes all things new. Then he'll call us home to heaven. At his table we'll sit down. Christ will gird himself and serve us with sweet manna all around. Brethren, see for sinners some bring on the brink of woe. Death is moving, hell is moving. Can you bear to let them go? See our fathers and our mothers and our children sinking down. Pray in holy manna will be showered all sweetest name on earth oh how i love jesus oh how i love jesus oh how i love jesus because he first loved me it tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below oh how i love jesus Oh, how I love Jesus, oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. Let's open up with a word of prayer. So good to see each of you in the Lord's house this morning. Father in heaven, we come before you, and Lord, we thank you for this day you've given us. We thank you for a day without rain. And we are asking that you'd help our fields to dry up so that our farmers can get in and get their harvests. I pray that you'd be with us as we turn our hearts towards you. 
that each and every one of us might have receptive hearts, ready to hear your word, ready to praise you. We thank you in all things. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please be seated.
Let's sing just that one song, Hosanna, praise is rising. Would you please stand as we lift up our voices and sing together, praise is rising. Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away.
I'd like you to take your Bibles with me, if you would, please, and turn to the very last book of your Old Testament. 
We're going to start this morning in Malachi chapter 3. I'm going to read to you verses 8 down through 11, but then we're going to go to a number of New Testament texts. And the title of my message this morning is simply, Why Do We Give? Why, as Christians, do we give? Do you know the United States, historically, has been the most giving or charitable nation in the world for a very, very long time? It's not lost on the fact that the United States, for a long, long time, has been considered a Christian nation. And woven into the fabric of our culture is a culture of generosity of caring for others, helping others, lifting up others, giving to programs that, that uh, enable others to overcome difficulties. That is rooted into the fact that our nation was founded upon those Judeo-Christian values that built our New England towns and spread across our nation so long ago. Still, part of our culture, even though much of our society has pushed away the Bible and the Judeo-Christian principles, still remains within our culture a desire to give. And certainly within our church, as Bible believers, we are a giving church. I often mention and I often remind you that I, as your pastor, am grateful for your willingness to give, your time, your talents, this morning, we recognized all these teachers and substitute teachers and workers in our Sunday school and junior church, primary church, Awana programs, and then beyond those teachers that work in our public school system in our area and even our kicks program in Addison County. Um, all those folks, they give their time, their talent. They give that to make a difference. Why? There are three things that I'm going to show you through the Bible as to why I believe that that Christian influence is present and why we love to give. Sandra, Joe, and I, since the time, actually before we got married, but certainly after we got married, we had committed within our hearts that we would always give our tithes, offerings, we give to missions, we give our time, our energy to the things of the Lord, to our community as much as we can, and those things. Why? Why? Why is that important to us? Because we believe that that is a real part of being a child of God. Listen as I read to you Malachi chapter 3 verses 8 down through 11. And then we're going to see that we give because Christ said we should. We give because there is genuinely a need in the world we live in. And because we want to show our love for Christ. Those are my points this morning. But we're going to start here in Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 down through 10. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Improve me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will re rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. 
and all nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, as we look at these verses and throughout the Old and New Testament at different verses, I pray, Lord, that you would help us as your children to understand why we are called to give, why we enjoy giving, why it makes a difference when we give. And I pray that as we draw these scriptures out, we also think about all these little boys and girls that came in here and sat in these pews and how they need to see the example and they need to be the recipients of our generous and giving hearts. In Christ's name I pray, amen. When you look at the last part of the text I read to you, when you look at verses 11 and 12, here the prophet says, as God speaks, he says, and this is the Lord speaking, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. For ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Now I know and you know that Malachi was written to the nation of Israel. And it was written to the children of God. But we also know that these things transcend nations in time. The Bible was inspired and written as God breathed upon men of old and they penned these words. Not just for their generation, for all generations, including ours. Our nation is a blessed nation. And believe me, around the world, people talk about how blessed we are. How do we know this? People line our borders to try to come in, don't they? People send in applications from all around the world to come to the United States. Rose's parents, who uh, are missionaries to Taiwan, they were just last Sunday in a church in Boston. And they were down there because their ministry is really to people who speak Chinese. And there's a ministry down there in Boston that is a ministry to reach the Chinese. In fact, Boston is called an international city. Because you can go there and you can hear almost every language, and probably every language, of the world spoken. Why do they want to come? They come because America is a blessed nation. Why is it blessed? Because we are a people, historically, who followed the principles of God. And it's reflected in his hand upon us. And how I pray that that continues. But part of that is based upon the heart of generosity. That is our nation, and that is our people, and that is our church. When all these boys and girls came in and they sat down in these pews, the reason they are there is because there are people who are willing to teach them and care for them. Whether it be mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, Sunday school, junior church, primary church, Awana, whatever it may be. People are ministering to those kids. They're giving to them. And why can our church do that? Our church can do that because you give. 
You give your tithes and offerings so we're able to provide a Wednesday night Awana program free of charge. We don't charge the boys and girls for their books, for their awards, all those things. Why? Because you give. So why do you give? You and I give because we really are taught to give. The Bible teaches us to give. In fact, when you go to Matthew 23, look at this conversation the Lord has with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and others. Look with me at Matthew 23, verses 23 down through 6, 26. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! Ye pay tithe of mint and anus and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the others undone. Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites! For ye may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. He says to these men, he says, you pay your tithes. You give your money at the temple, but you've ignored the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. You and I, we also recognize that God calls us to come to his house, just as was mentioned in Malachi, to come under the storehouse and there to bring our tithes, our offerings that we might give to the Lord. But we also strive to address the weightier matters as well. The law, judgment, mercy, faith. We look to all those things that we might be strong believers. Understanding that giving is not going to get us to heaven, is it? No, it's not. I heard about three people say, that's, that's right, preacher. <laughs> it is true. I have had people through the years, believe it or not, I've had folks who have called me and said, uh, Pastor Tim... Not usually people in our church. I don't know that it's ever happened with anybody in our church. People will call me and say, I want to give to such and such a thing. And I, I want to help in that cause. And I'll tell them, that's great. I'm happy for you to do that. But then in the conversation, somewhere along the line, they'll slip out with, you know, maybe you can put in a good word for me. <laughs> and I tell them, you know what? I am happy to go ahead and invest whatever you have into whatever it is you want to be. Uh, investing in as far as the kingdom of God goes. But my good word concerning your giving isn't going to make any difference at all. Why? Because there are weightier matters, aren't there? Our money, yes, it's, it's important that we give it. Our time, our talents, all those things are important. But we must never neglect the weightier things, which is those areas of faith and God's law and the principles of justice within the scriptures. But we do fully understand that the Bible calls us to give. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 1 and 2 it says, Now concerning the collection of the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by in him in store. As God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, he reminds them that just as I have taught in all those churches throughout Galatia, 
He says, I need you to come together on that first day of the week as you come and worship. And I want you to lay in store. I want you to give your offerings. Why? So that the work of God might be done. It's not that giving is going to get anybody to heaven. Not one of these teachers, by teaching, is that going to get them into heaven. But by teaching, by giving our time, our talents, our finances, we make a difference. Just as the early church gathered on the Lord's Day, just as the early church laid in store their offerings as God had blessed them and provided for them, so we still do today. Why? Because we should. Because it's what God calls us to do. It's part of being a generous people. It's actually part of the culture of the society and world we live in. Our culture. Here. A Judeo-Christian culture. As much as it may be shifting, you and I need to hold on to it, embrace it, and say, yes, I come from a line of people who have followed that generous heart of giving. Second reason why we give is because there really is a need. There's a genuine need. And when we look around our world, we support about 40 different missions projects around the world. And it touches every culture, every continent around the world. And there is a continuous need to get the gospel out around the world. But it's not just the gospel, is it? There are also around our world some genuine needs that we have to help with. We support uh, MANA, which is a, fooding, a, a feeding station in Africa. And at that feeding station, they bring boys and girls in, and they come and they give them a meal a day, and they give them the Word of God. Because it's not enough to just feed them. We have to feed their soul. You see, we can't forget the weightier matters. We can't just give the dollar. We also need to give to feed the soul. So we look around the world and you look at all the needs that there are. And you and I as Christians, we don't miss those needs. We care about them. And so we try to make a difference because there genuinely is a need. When you look at Romans chapter 10, look with me there if you would. And you find the gospel talked about and the need to spread it. Romans chapter 10. And when we talk about the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we understand that it reaches and touches hearts and lives, not just in our church, but in every culture, every society, every uh, continent. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, as it comes down, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You see, the apostle, as he pens these words, as God moves his soul, he says there is a desperate and great need around the world to hear the gospel, 
to hear the truth of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, to give people the hope of eternal life and the forgiveness of their sins. And when you look at the text, he comes down and he talks about how are they ever going to be able to receive Christ if they don't hear? And how are they going to hear unless we tell? And how, how, who's going to tell if there is not a preacher? And then he comes down to the last part of verse 15. And he talks about the preaching of the gospel of peace and bringing the glad tidings of good things. You see, you and I, we not only preach the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, that peace of Christ in us and eternal life through him, but we also bring the tidings of good things. We try to instill in others the blessings of, of coming to know faith and growing and maturing in Christ that they might avoid the heartache, the sorrow, the struggle that Satan can drag people through when they reject the good tidings of good things. And if you've lived very long at all, you've seen the, the, the scars, the trauma, the sorrow of a life without God. You see people who pursue all those, all those avenues that bring them heartache and difficulty and struggle. And all of a sudden you realize, I understand why the apostle is writing about the tidings of good things. We want to go ahead and spread to the world. Listen, if you will come to Christ and live for Christ, not in name only, but in your heart and in your soul, then it changes your life that you might enjoy the good tidings of good things. Why do we give? Because there's a need. There's genuinely a need to reach out there and touch the hearts and lives of boys and girls on back-to-school Sunday. Touch the lives of people who move about in our community and around the world who need to hear, yes, the gospel. And then also the outcome of the gospel, the tidings of good things. The third thing I told you I wanted to really show you is we give because we love Jesus. He is the ultimate example of a giver. For God so loved the world, he what? He gave. Let's all say that word one more time. I'm going to quote the first part, and then we're all going to say gave together. Such a good word. All set? For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son and gave. He gave Jesus Christ that we might have eternal life. You and I, in our hearts and in our souls, we want to reflect Christ. The reason we give our time, our talent, our energy, our, our tithes, the reason we give is because we love Jesus. That's why I give. I give because I love the Lord. I don't have to give. Nobody's, nobody's uh, coming and checking my giving record that I know. Maybe Ann does. I don't know. She's our church treasurer. She might go through and say, wow, man. No, she doesn't. Sandy and I give because we love Jesus. Because he has never let us down. We work hard. We do what's right. And we give because we love the Lord. 
And when you look in the scriptures, you find the exact same thing. Look with me to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 12. And here we find the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's going to teach us a valuable lesson. Luke chapter 12, listen to verses 33 and 34. Sell that ye have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags with wax, not old. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He's saying to us, he's saying, let go, let go of all that is so, that you think is so meaningful. And he said, invest in those things that are eternal. Those things that will make a difference past right here and right now. I was a machinist before I was a pastor. And I have at my house, I still have my, my machinist toolbox. And in it, I still have all the things that back when I was a machinist were required for you to work in the trade. All my basic micrometers, my verniers, all that stuff's in there. But you know what? As the years have gone by, they've just laid. They just lay in those drawers. They're felt lined drawers from the machine shop, and they just lay there. Because I've decided to invest my life in other things. Now, did, did I enjoy being a machinist? I actually really did enjoy it. I started when I was in high school. After school, I, from 16 years old, I worked in a shop. It's what paid, me, paid my way through college. I worked night shift. And then even afterwards, I worked bivocational as a pastor in machine shops. I enjoyed it. I enjoy it. But I laid that stuff aside because God had another calling for me. In each of us in our lives, there are those things that if we're not careful, we hang on to them and we will never let go. I had to let those go. They just sit there, they gather dust. Although once in a while I'll be doing a project and I'll measure something, maybe more for the grin of it than anything. But I had to let go. And he says, pick up those new things. Those things that are heavenly things, those things that are eternal. So like we see these young boys and girls come in and they sit down here. Every one of those teachers that invests one lesson, one moment, they're investing in something beyond themselves. Not just their life, but another life, another generation. Every time you sit down with your children and pray over your meal, every time you talk to your grandkids about the creation of God, you're investing not in you, but in them and in the next generation. And he's teaching us, he's saying, listen, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. Your tithes, your offerings, your time, your talent, your energy, you invest it where your passion is, where your love is. That's what I do. The things of God are my passion. They're my love. My children, they've grown up to do the same. They're both actively involved in their churches and their children. My children's children are doing the same. And as I look across our congregation, we have family after family who's influenced in the same way. 
They have kids who have grabbed a hold of and love the things of the Lord and are passing those on to their children. We make a difference because, yes, we love Jesus. We want to give. That's why we give as a church. It's why we invest in these missions projects around the world. It's why we do youth camp. It's why we have all these ministries to boys and girls and seniors and women and men. This morning we did men's prayer breakfast. Why? Why give the time, the energy, the work? Why not just kick the door open on Sunday morning and call it enough? Why? Because we love Jesus. Because we want to come to God's house. We want to touch lives. We want to make a difference. Not just in our generation, but generations to come. When you look in these scriptures and Jesus reminds us that where our treasure is, that is where our heart is also. It should make every one of us to step back and say, where is my priority? Where is my passion? Where do I invest my heart, my soul, my life? I can guarantee you, I, you know, I told you I worked in shops before I became a pastor. And the very first shop I started working in, I was 16 years old in high school, was called Kenco Corporation. The man who owned it, his name was Ken. And when I told him I was going to go to Bible college to be a pastor, he said, Tim, listen, I, I'm young in this business. If you'll stay with me, we'll build this t- together. We'll build it together. I told him, I said, it's, it's not what I feel called to do. I really believe God's called me into the ministry. And you know what? He went on with his business. Listen, people will try to convince you. No, 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 you shouldn't do that. You should do what I need you to do. But you need to do what God wants you to do, whatever it may be. As the years went on, I worked in different shops and listen, you know, you work for different people and they'll tell you, no, 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 you, you can't go. I really, really need you. Well, you do until I'm gone and you get somebody else. <laughs> it's true. Life goes on. You and I, we have to look in our hearts and ask ourselves, Lord, what do you have for me? And then invest your time, your money, your energy. Invest it in that which is your heartbeat. And you and I as Christians, if we truly love the Lord our God with all our heart, our mind, and our soul, he's our heartbeat. And it passes beyond this generation into the next. We make a difference not just for us, but for him. Why do we give? We give, yes, because we should. The Bible teaches us so. We give because, yes, there is genuinely a great need around the world. But really, we give because we love Jesus. And he loves us. He has provided for us. And therefore, in love, we give back. It's who we are. We're Christians. Father in heaven, as we come to the end of our service this morning... Lord, as your Holy Spirit stirs our hearts and works within each of us, I pray that you help us to be a people who look past ourselves. Look at these little boys and girls who sat in these front rows.
Look at these teachers who truly desire to instill in them truth, direction, guidance. Look to you, Lord. For you so loved us, you gave your only begotten son. Thank you. Help us to follow your example. Help us to continue to give. Help us to do it from our hearts of passion. For our love for Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand. And we're not going to hold a regular invitation this morning. My challenge this morning really to you is to understand why we give. That's my, that's my objective. It's my goal. We are a giving church. And I'm, I'm very, ever so grateful for that as a pastor. Should, should some of us do better and be more faithful? Absolutely. All of us have to grow. We need to mature. God takes us from where we are and he moves us forward. But we are blessed. And so this morning, I think what I want to do is just kind of change it. And I think I just want to sing our simple little chorus in closing. Thank you, Lord. Because he's the one who gives through us. He enables us. Uh, you know, I, I've teased Kelly a little bit this morning. But Kelly, you know, who teaches boys and girls Taekwondo, you've had both hips replaced, right? She teaches Taekwondo. I mean, they're kicking the tiles out of ceilings. And she's had both hips replaced. And knees. Hips and knees. Listen, we are blessed to be able to give. And whatever, whatever limitation each of us has, we strive to overcome it. Hips and knees, senior citizens, tired, working hard, long days, but we still give our time, our talents, our finances. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing that as our closing song and our closing prayer this morning. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me. Thy grace, salvation, so rare.